Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Syngenta is passionate about bringing plant potential to life. Their dedicated team is committed to helping you grow higher quality produce and more of it with innovative crop protection products and agronomic advice tailored to your farm. Whatever the season brings, Syngenta will be there with the solutions and support you need to grow a crop that looks good, tastes great, travels well, and exceeds expectations from farm to table. Learn how Syngenta can help you achieve your production goals at syngenta.ca. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor for Fruit and Vegetable Magazine, and I'm speaking today with Rose Boutenhaus, Senior Research Scientist, Biological Control at Vineland Research and Innovation Centre in Vineland, Ontario. Thank you for joining me today, Rose. Thank you for having me. If you could just kind of give us a little bit of an introduction, what is your role at Vineland? What do you do and what would you like people to know about it? At Vineland, I am the research scientist in charge of doing research on biological crop protection. By training, I'm an entomologist, so my background is really in biological control of insects and mite pests. However, biological crop protection is bigger than just insects. It's also research on plant pathology, so biological control of plant diseases. And when you're talking about biologicals, there's also a big part of biologicals that stimulate plants to grow better. So all that together, there's a big research need that growers indicate that they don't know exactly how to use these products to their best potential. And our research helps the growers figure out which products to use in what situations, how to best put together a program, and not only growers, but we also work with companies to develop their products further and bring them to the market. So it's a, it's kind of a two-pronged approach, what growers need and what companies need. And ultimately, we want to make the horticulture sector better. It sounds like that's kind of the best approach for covering everyone's needs in the sector. Exactly. If you could kind of break it down into simplest terms, what are biologicals? Yeah, there's a lot of products that have bio in their name and they're all related. It's very hard to classify them because there's a lot of overlap. The reason why we named our program Biological Crop Protection is that there's a lot of bio products. So bioprotectants basically encompass everything, biological controls, biopesticides, biostimulants. And then when you go into more details, Biological control or biocontrol is really a name for a method of controlling pests and diseases with other organisms. So these are the predators, the parasitoids, and the pathogens, the microbials that will control pests, diseases, and also weeds, actually. Uh, Bioherbicides are a thing. Then there's the biopesticides. Those are pest management agents and chemicals derived from natural sources. So the microbials are overlapping here. In the biological control, the microbials are also sometimes called biopesticides. So you have the microbial pesticides, but also you have uh, natural compounds like semiochemicals, which are kind of message-bearing chemicals. 
And these could be pheromones, which are used in monitoring traps or disrupt the mating of insect pests to help reduce their damage. And then there's the non-conventional pest control products, which are also part of biopesticides. And this includes like garlic powder, vinegar, plant extracts and oils, mineral salts, all that kind of products. And then last but not least, there's the biostimulants, which could be microbes, but could also be a compound that actually stimulates the plant to do something. So if you would put it directly on an insect or a disease, it will not do anything. It, it really uses the plant's own mechanisms to make the plant grow better. So yeah, a lot of bio products. <laughs> that is a lot of different and disparate things to kind of include within one program. So you you have your work cut out for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all bio stuff. So and especially the microbes, they do so many different things at the same time. And depending how you want to use them, you will call it a biofungicide or a biofertilizer, but it could be the same organism doing all this, all the stuff, depending okay. on the situation. So that's why it's all part of one program. We also work a lot with plant responses and the environment team here. So that's, again, a lot of overlap, how to make plants grow better. Okay. Are bio products or biocontrol products broadly applicable across crops or are they kind of more specific in terms of how they interact with specific crops? I think the word I say the most when talking about this is it depends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it really does. Like some bioproducts have very broad spectrum of crops that they can protect. Others are, are more situation specific. Products that are on the market are really optimized for specific uses and you can find those uses on the label. So I think if you are looking for a product that does something, that's where you would look for information. Now, the, the research part is, of course, interesting if you are starting to look at like, but what else does it do? And how does it interact with your production system, with your biocontrol that you may be doing, with the fertilizer that you add? So growing plants, you have to consider a lot of different factors to optimize the system. So knowing what these products do and how it fits into your production system is, I think, really important. And I, I can maybe give an example, like in biological insect control, mm -hmm. there are parasitoids that attack aphids, for example. Now, you may want to use another predator to control a different pest, but you have to know how the parasitoid and this different predator actually interact with each other because they may actually eat each other. The predator may just not discriminate between their prey that you're using them for and the other biologicals that you have. So that's a good example where it's it's important to know how these products interact. Yeah, it's a complex system. Exactly. And especially if you try to integrate the use of chemical pesticides and biological control, even products that you think would never interact with each other, like a systemic insecticide and a biological control, 
actually through the plant and through the pest, they are connected. So you would have to consider what the effects are on your overall pest control program. Mm -hmm. So how long have biologicals been researched at Vineland and kind of what questions are driving the research? So Vineland, as it is, the Vineland Research and Innovation Center has been around now for almost 14 years. And I've been here 13 years since January. It's been part of Vineland since, since we started. And of course, there has been research presence here on campus for more than 100 years, and biological control has always been part of it. And what questions are driving the research? It's really helping the growers control their pests in the best, most economic and most efficient way. Excellent. I know that organic growers are pretty limited in what products they're allowed to use. Our biologicals are, I guess, some or all products usable in an organic system? Logically, you would say it's biological, so it should be organic as well. However, organic certification is something that's not given to all biological products based on how they're formulated. The insects, the predators, the parasites, of course, those can be used in organic systems. Some of the biopesticides may be formulated in a way that's not certified organic. So you would always have to look at the label to know if it's certified organic or not. Good to know. Yes, for example, a biopesticide based on the fungus Bovaria bassiana, which is an insect-killing fungus. And there is a product that is not organically certified, and there's another version of it that is organically certified. It's based on the same fungus. It's really the other, the surrounding, like the formulation, the additives in the products that are either organic or not. Okay. When in doubt, read the label and consult your retailer. Exactly. <laughs> so why should growers consider biologicals? I think, and this is my personal opinion, I think biologicals are a more sustainable long-term solution to the problem. You can get away with using chemical pesticides only until the point that a pest or a disease develops resistance and you have to use another chemical and then the whole cycle starts again. So if you want to break that cycle, I think starting out with biological control and using the chemical pesticides when you really need them, for example, when there's an outbreak and you need to really quickly Control it because you are going to sell your plants or your fruit the next week. That's when you really need the chemical pesticides. So in my philosophy, you have to start biological and keep it biological as long as you can. And then use the chemical pesticides when you really have no other choice. So I think there's always a part a role to play for chemical pesticides, but it shouldn't be the first thing you reach for when you have a problem, because then you get on that cycle of the resistance. Of course, there's also the problems with residues, the environmental impacts, the health and safety impacts. So yeah, I think biologicals should be the basis of crop protection. Yeah, chemical products as a tool in the toolbox, but kind of an emergency situation or a fallback. 
yeah, that way you can conserve their efficacy and you can use them and they will work. <laughs> that is the goal. <laughs> exactly. That's the reason, like in greenhouse ornamentals here in Canada, the reason why so many growers were forced to use biological control was there were no good pesticides to control thrips. Just zero. There were none. So the growers had to make it work for thrips. And of course, because they couldn't fall back on a whole bunch of pesticides to control thrips, they had to be really careful with their chemicals that they used against other pests because it could not interfere with their thrips control. Their thrips control had to be perfect. So that drove basically the acceptance of biological control for a whole bunch of other pests and diseases as well. I mean, it's a silver lining. It's unfortunate that thrips control was reduced to nothing, but it got people to realize there's another way to go. Exactly. And now, especially in, in ornamentals, in our most recent survey, we found that 94% of growers are using biological control as a big part of their pest control strategy. That's fantastic. And you don't eat flowers, right? It's, or <laughs> most flowers you don't eat. It's really amazing that in food crops, you would expect consumers to, to demand pesticide residue-free produce. But in flowers, there's not that driver. So it was really driven by pesticide resistance. And even now, growers are committed to biological control because they've seen the advantages. So there may be some products on the market that could control thrips now, but they realize that if they go back to chemical sprays on like a weekly basis, like they did in the past. That's not a long-term strategy that they can sustain for a long time because then they will just get into the same problem again. Yeah. And I imagine once you've gotten to that point where you realize there's nothing you can turn to anymore, you really do emphasize keeping the controls you have as long as you can. Yeah, and it's really impressive how the growers have made it work and the sophisticated biocontrol programs that they have now. I always enjoy talking to growers and seeing how they make it work and see how I can contribute to their success if they have a problem with a certain pest and trying to find solutions for them. Excellent. Biological control products are workable on a large scale or in a commercial operation. Yeah, for sure. Especially, I would say that biological controlling greenhouse crops is the most advanced just because there are high value crops can afford to release biological controls on a weekly basis and it's economically feasible. For broad acre field crops, the picture is quite different or other crops that may not have that many biologicals available. So it's dependent on the cropping system. Definitely in greenhouse crops, large acreage biological control is the norm. While in outside crops, the same approach may not be feasible. So there you would have to look more at how can we reduce pesticide sprays to give naturally occurring biologicals a chance to come into the field and do their job or maybe some biopesticides that can be sprayed that are not too expensive to apply on like hectares and hectares of 
wheat or soy or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, I imagine specifically with parasitoid or beneficial insects, keeping them in the greenhouse is a lot easier than trying to keep them in the field. Yeah, you have to really encourage them to be there and stay there. And like biological control also is not a standalone strategy. It has to be combined with crop breeding for pest and disease resistance. If you start with a resistant crop, you have to do way less other things as well. There's all the mechanical control and cultural control and other strategies that are all part of integrated pest management. And then biological control is just a part of that. All right. What do you see kind of in the next five years for biological control? From a um, worldwide economic standpoint, the studies say that biological control is only going to increase. The market share of biological control is going to grow way more than the market share of chemical pesticides, for example. And that's worldwide. So I think we'll just see more and more of it. It's going to be more and more normal in more and more crops. Excellent. Is there a particular project that you're working on or overseeing at Vineland right now that you find particularly exciting or interesting? Oh, everything is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I have a, a very exciting job. Yeah, we're finishing up a project right now that's all about new biocontrol agents. And a little bit over a year ago, we transferred the first biological control agents that was researched in our lab to our commercial partner. And just recently, we sent them the second one. So these are new biocontrol agents for the Canadian market. It's got a lot of research gone into them. They're native predators that are around but that haven't been commercialized as a biological control agent. And one is a predatory mite called Anistis. We call it the crazy mite because it runs around really fast and tries to eat everything that it runs into. But one of our technicians who is very good at looking for new bugs, he saw it in his garden and went like, that will be the next biocontrol agent. And lo and behold, 10 years later, it is on the market, sold by a Canadian company called Applied Bionomics. And we're still learning a lot about it, but it is very interesting and we're seeing a lot of good results with it. And it's got to be a good feeling to see something that you've put so much research and time and energy into out in the field or out in a greenhouse situation. Exactly. It's one thing to to say like, oh, this would be a good biocontrol agent, but then there's years of research that goes into it to see what does it eat? How well does it eat it? How do I use it in the best way? Even to like, do I ship the eggs? Do I ship the nymphs? Do I ship the adults? What would be the best way for growers to receive them and release them in their crop? And even how do I rear millions of this mite? And that was one of the biggest problems, actually, in this case, because these mites are very cannibalistic. So if you're trying to rear millions of them to sell on a weekly basis, you need to find a system where, of course, you don't end up with just a few very fat big mites. (laughs) But you have to rear a lot of them and package them in a way that 
again, that when it arrives at the grower, that there's not a whole bunch of dead mites. You want them living and eating pests in the crop. <laughs> it's not just developing the biological crop protection product. There's so many other aspects that go into it. It's not just finding a bug and saying, this will work in this situation. That must be fascinating to work on, but at times frustrating. <laughs> in a lot of cases, you know, things don't work. And then you have to go back and figure out a way that will work. Or you have to decide, is this something that we have to do more research on? Or do we move on to the next problem? Mm -hmm. So what is one thing that you want growers to know when considering biological crop protection or biological products? I think there's a lot of misconceptions about biologicals, that they're less efficient, that they're more costly. It really is about making them work. And once you know how to use them in your cropping system, it is definitely worth it. You know, spraying a chemical that uh, pests are resistant to, it doesn't work either. So the economics are all about how to make it work in the best way for you. And that can take time. So patience, perseverance, and make sure that you get a lot of advice from crop advisors, provincial extension people, researchers, so that you know how to make it work. Thanks for tuning in to Egg Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Egg Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.